We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And we might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions. God, family, country. Great to be with you today. It's always great to be with you as we take a look at and we discuss the issues that affect us in our community our state, and our nation. We have a great show for you today. In fact, we're pleased to be joined by one of the leading county commissioners and elected officials in Central Florida, Commissioner Brian Nelson, who represents the greater Apopka and greater Northwest Orange County area on the Orange County Commission. And we'll go to, to Brian right now. Brian, thank you for joining us. Yes, Roger. Thanks for having me here today. And thanks for coming over. It's always great to see you. I'd like to yeah, I was just thinking it's been a while since you've been on, so now's a good time to kind of get caught up on a lot of things, but especially about uh, what's happening at the county that affects us. Yeah, well, it's it's a uh, you know interesting times here in Orange County, as you know. The um, we are really clicking on all all cylinders. Our you know tourist you know counts are just way up, and we have just really been. Um, been moving forward in a lot of a lot of different areas and and good time to come in we're we'll be starting next week on monday all-day session on our budget so for the 2016-2017 budget uh, those uh, discussions will start on monday with a workshop looking at you know projecting not only the taxes that we're bringing in but how we intend to spend them and why don't we start that's always a good place as the economy is always a good place to start because that kind of drives everything else there's not much you can do even on a national scale can't even have a good uh, solid national defense if we don't start have that foundation of a good productive economy so how how are things looking in con- with the economy here in, in orange county well things are really good i well i was just hoping to could have the numbers for you today but don't have them yet in in hand i was you know we after the you know the, the pulse tragedy i was hoping to see take a look at the tourist dollars coming in and see it if if there was any impact to the tourists that were coming to to orange county and don't have those numbers yet for the June numbers, which would be the the month after the uh, pulse attack, but uh, seems to be from what we're hearing from the the uh, the organization uh, CFHLA that things are still relatively good. We're we're still uh, increasing our tourists. You know, we're over sixty million, uh, sixty five million folks that came to Central Florida last year, uh, out of a, a total of a hundred million, hundred five million statewide. So. Uh, tourism is obviously, you know, very, very important to uh, the Central Florida area, and for what we see right now, things are still really, really positive. Now, in terms of any, any, what are some of the other things that that are before the commission that you think you'd like to share with our with the listeners today? 
Well, I tell you, one of the big things we're now we're looking at is the international drive corridor and how we project pro- project growth and in that area. And uh, just several months ago, the um, Universal Studios bought four hundred and something acres out in that uh, behind the convention center, and so now we're trying to look at you know what what they hope to do with it and how that will benefit not only uh, Universal Studios but how it'll benefit that Universal or uh, international drive corridor. And so we've really got some neat things going on out there. You know, the, the uh, convention center, we're looking to do some upgrades there. And one of the big things, well, uh, opportunities, challenges, I guess, in the next several years is we've got a lot of debt that, um, that is being paid back by this TDT dollars, the tourist development tax dollars. And um, we're going to come to a point where a lot of these bonds will start to roll off. We'll be have them, they'll be paid off. And so we'll have additional dollars coming in. And so, you know, it won't be this commission, uh, but uh, in four years, four to five years, we'll start to look at, okay, how do we spend those additional dollars coming in and to keep keep this economy moving and keep the tourism industry, you know, on 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 top. And you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Our guest today is Commissioner Brian Nelson, represents Apopka in Northwest Orange County on the Orange County Commission, of course, Brian and his family, Brian along and his wife Debbie are longtime community leaders in the Apopka area as well. We'll talk about some uh, community service a little bit later in our show and some of the important things that are happening in the Apopka and Northwest Orange County community. One great thing that I saw recently um, at the county level that I think was was obviously uh, your initiative was Debbie Turner. Our friend Debbie Turner was awarded Citizen of the Year. Can you just share, please share a little bit about that with us because it really uh, – Brought joy to my heart just, just when I, uh, when I saw, saw that, that that you had done that. Oh yes, you know we each of the commissioners each year we get to pick one volunteer, you know, person of the year, and uh, man, it's you know she stuck stuck out like a sore thumb as to somebody who's deserving of that award. You know all the work she's done, and so I was almost get almost choked up when when I was you know presenting her the the the, the medal, you know, because you know, here's here's a gal that you know had been fighting cancer. Uh, for for several years, and as she starts to win that battle with her her own cancer, she says, "You know what? Look at all the resources we don't have here in in the greater Apopka area, and you know what can I do to contribute to making the lives of not only the the patients but the families around them better?" And so she set up you know the Debbie Cancer um, Debbie Turner Cancer Resource Center, and you know, gosh, started out in a one room you know building and moved up to another, you know, rental and now here she is trying to raise enough money to, to buy her own building and so just the success that she's had and and the outpouring of love that the community's given her and and trying to help her, you know, fulfill her dream, which is to have her own building and to help as many people as possible is uh quite an honor to be able to to uh present her with that award. Absolutely I commend you for Recognizing her and making sure that you know she was able to get this recognition yeah. because it's always great to see people that that do really incredibly good hard work uh, you know, get get recognized for it. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're 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 happy for and yeah, some of the things that you know, kind of the, the unsung hero. You know, it's like a lot of people didn't realize. You know, she's in the last three years has uh, provided over seven hundred mammograms, free mammograms for the community, and so and I think she, I can't remember the number. I want to say it was forty or fifty. Uh, women that that had you know a uh, less than positive um, mammogram, so we 
might have caught some some early uh, onset breast cancer before it became a you know a, a life threatening disease. A great point, amazing, and I would just point out uh, that's just one of the many things that she does. I mean, when you think about just the the the, the philosophy or the concept of one person making a difference, mm-hmm. and and that's where it all started. It was it all started. She never had a great grand vision of a big organization or even a building. She started literally in her car, <laughs> back seat and trunk of her car, but you know she just uh, felt that was led and uh, to to make a difference for, on her own and, and look where it's come with, with God's blessing. And it's, it's just an amazing story. I always love talking about it. And but once again, it was great to see that you are working to help her get some recognition at, at the county level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, couldn't, couldn't be more proud of her. Now, Brian, um, can you talk about does, why don't we talk about, is there anything else you know, commission wise that's on the front burner that you, that we should uh, like for our citizens to know? Well, it's you know it's a it's always an interesting every every month is a you know is something new and something different. I know we you know we're looking at um, how how we move forward, how we you know progress in in the county. And I, I, I tell you what, I'm so proud of our our commission is um, the the camaraderie we have on the board. You know, we all don't always agree on on every issue, or you know, but we're always a congenial you know group, and we're always looking at you know. What's best for our community? What's best for Orange County? And how do we how do we move forward? How do we get to where we want to go? And and um, you know, right now we've got a lot of you know the issues with with um, with law enforcement and uh, um, how they interact with the public. And so we just finished up last night uh, a task force on on violence in in the Greater Apopka area and had some really good discussions. Gosh, must had eighty people out there last night to talk about, you know, how we can make the interactions between police officers and uh, the public more uh, positive. And, and so, you know, what we I think the bottom line is we, we need there's economic and there's social issues that we need to address. But, you know, the biggest thing is, is if, if a kid, the first time he sees a police officer is when he's kicking in somebody's front door or he's arresting somebody, you know, in their car, uh, down the street, it's maybe not a, a great uh, positive influence. So, what we're trying to do is get more interaction with the you know the the uh, the police and with the public. And it was great to see we had the the police chief of Apopka out there. McKinley was out there. We had the Major Demps was there. We had must have had eight or ten um, law enforcement officers out there last night to you know to show support of you know how we get the community involved in. And helping. I mean, you know, when you, when you get, you know, we've had murders, we've had, you know, uh, a lot of aggravated assault in that in our area. You know, how do we how do we get past it? How do we we need help though from the community? And one of the things, you know, we we had a we had one a kid, seventeen year old kid that got killed, and had nobody that would come forward to to, to tell us what it really had happened. And so here we got law enforcement want to make a difference, want to help the community out, but without you know community. Um, support and without them coming forward and saying what they what they saw, um, it makes it difficult. So now, you know, part of the problem is, I guess, is they feel you know there's um, one is they could be threatened by whoever did it, and that there's you know some gang activity. I don't know, but um, but we need to you know we there's so many more sets of eyes out there that could be helping us with the problems, um, and we just got to come forward and help help law enforcement make our communities safer. And where did this meeting take place? It was at the Bridges Center, 
And so, uh, and sounds yeah. like a very productive meeting. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think the Apopka Voice here in the next uh, several days will be putting up all the recommendations for um, for not only law enforcement but for the community as to what we how we want to move forward. What what what's um, what are the steps we can take to make our our community safer and have better um, cooperation between law enforcement and the community? Thank you for excuse me sharing about this important meeting, and, and I'd like to I'd like to continue to follow it on the show because I think that's vitally important. The communication, uh, working together, sharing, even sharing our differences, I think is a step in the in the right direction. And I'm pleased to hear your feedback that you know one of the downsides of of, of Things like this and and, uh, meetings like this, if you will, which is one reason we have a problem in the first place, is there's always a certain element that wants to to use a crisis like Dallas or use a crisis about um, black men being killed by police or things like that uh, to divide and uh, somehow get some kind of gain, misguided gain out of dividing the community. And it's um, yeah, I think we need to be vigilant to keep our eyes trained on those and, and condemn them. And hopefully they won't be popping up in our community but but it's great that leaders such as yourself and um, you know others are, are taking the initiative to to really get this dialogue going and and to, to try to find some some real solutions. Yeah, because I think you know that's that's what I say. We I think you go back to we got to get the kids involved. We got to see the kids in a or the police officers seen by the kids in a different light than they are today. And so if we can get you know the middle schoolers and the high schoolers to see the police officer in a in a positive light. Hey, I saw him. He you know he helped you know the little old lady you know. Uh, change your flat tire he he helped uh find my stray dog you know my 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 pet or he you know or she helped me whatever they were at at the basketball game that's a great point i'd like to pick it up when we come back from our break friends we're speaking with mr brian nelson on the roger franklin williams show and we'll be right back please stay with us Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today, and really appreciate you joining us. Joining in the studio by Commissioner Brian Nelson. We're talking about a variety of topics pretty much related to Orange County Commission business, things that are happening as well, also as things happening in the community that are not related to government. When we went to break, before we go to Back to Brian, I want to let you know that our program is sponsored by our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic, and Burn Fat Orlando. And let you know that Dr. Patrick St. Germain and St. Germain Chiropractic have worked with athletes at all levels, from youth sports to high school athletes to elite college athletes to professional uh, athletes to Olympic champions. So when you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855 when in pain. That's 855 when in pain, Dr. Patrick St. Germain, proud to be voted best chiropractor for now five years in a row. And tell him, Roger Franklin Williams, sentship. Now let's go back to Brian Nelson, county commissioner, representing the Apopka, North, greater Northwest Orange County area. Brian, when we went to break, we were talking about this meeting at the Bridges Center in the Apopka area, South Apopka, to deal with this problem that we have in our country now of, of you know, People being killed, um, you know, well, first of all, the, starting most recently with the five officers that were murdered and assassinated, if you will, um, which appears to be racially motivated, 
also, um, you know, a large number of African-Americans in our community and, and other citizens as, as well are, are concerned that there's too much police violence. I know a lot of um, black citizens seem to feel that they don't get a fair shake and that the police are against them, if you will. And, um, you know, department on, on regardless of how you feel about that or how you whether you agree, agree with it or not, that that's a situation that's that's going on in the country right now. And obviously it's it's um you know bad situation as it is and could get a whole lot worse if, if we don't you know take some you know, legit, you know real steps to try to make it better and it's great to hear that you and other leaders in our popka community are, are are doing that uh with the meeting that we had that you had you're telling us about at the bridges center and I'd like to, to pick up more on just the situation of for lack of a better term and Community policing, we're getting, as you were talking about, getting the police in the community and doing positive, proactive things in the community. Now, a, an idea that I heard you know, at, during the debate of overall is this was, I think, a good one. I'll just throw it out there, is, you know, way back in the day, and this could be back in the 1800s but or even the early 1900s, but in, a lot of times police were hired from the community. You know, probably maybe some more from the big cities, but if somebody was in a certain neighborhood, you know, the, the, the police came out of those neighborhoods and they just continued to, to work as a police officer in the neighborhood that they, they were from or they grew up in or whatever. I think that might be something that, that we should take a look at as well. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a, a big part of the, I don't know, problem, but definitely it would be a big part of the solution is that we need, you know, in the, the communities where there are, you know, high minority populations, we need to have more, more minority officers. You know, the problem is, is a lot of them, you have to, you know, be able to qualify to be a police officer. So if you've got a record, you've already eliminated everybody who's got a record. And so, you know, so you got to get, you know, we got to get qualified people. And and right now, I know it. It, uh, I think, APD, Popka Police Department, I, and I know the sheriff's office. You have to have a four year degree. So, you know, you limit who who can qualify to be a police officer or sheriff. But you know, we need more. You know, minorities in minority neighborhoods. Um, they just. They just feel better about, you know, uh, a minority, you know, handling a situation in their neighborhoods. And and you're right. If you could find somebody that's not only a minority, but minority from from their neighborhood, that's even even better. Yeah, And even not even uh, in regards to minorities or African-Americans, just I think just in general, the concept is a good one uh, in any any neighborhood. It's good to have just that, that, that kind of sense of community and. Just, just something I throw out is, is everybody's kind of you know grasping and and hoping to try to. Most people are trying to make a, a positive, positive um you know contribution. Right. No, and I, and I think you know, and, and I I go back to I think we we just really want to work hard at getting our youth to think about our our law enforcement in a, in a more positive light. So they they run to them instead of run from them in a in a crisis. And so uh, to me, that's you know the longer term. I think solution is, you know, obviously it's economic. We need to have jobs so that people don't get, um, you know, get uh, caught up in crime to, to pay for, for things or to do, you know, illegal things. And then uh, socially we've got to be, you know, uh, trying to bring these folks together, give them, you know, the opportunities they need. And then along with that, having the police um shown more in a, in a positive light versus right now it's in a negative light. And and I think, you know, it's, it's not something we can, you know, solve overnight, but we had, um, I guess three months ago, had a, a, a class out at the Bridges Center to, uh, there's some construction jobs, plenty of construction jobs right now. And, and even these construction jobs, uh, they're even taking folks that have some priors 
uh, you know, as long as they want to work hard, you know, the, this I-4 ultimate, you know, huge project and plenty of job opportunities. And so they're able to um, get some training in basic construction and jobs are, are waiting for them. So if we can get, you know, people jobs, then the you know, the chance for or the opportunity for recidivism goes down. I mean, people, there's you know, 99% of the people out there want a, want a job, want to pro- provide for their family. With a, with a legitimate job, and so we got to give them those opportunities. And before we move on from from this topic, it, and I, two points I do want to make, and one is I do think that all of us, first of all, I think all of us who care about the community and care about the country really need to take a hard look at this whole situation and hopefully ask ourselves what we can do as individuals, just like Debbie Turner did in, in with, with cancer and helping to, to help people that are dealing with cancer and their families. Um, what can we do to, to make a positive contribution to that really help help this situation, and then, but also we also need to be vigilant because, as we sadly know from experience, there are going to be a certain number out there trying to to use, exploit the situation and divide people and 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 make the situation even worse. So it's just something that's it, it, it's a it's a major issue in, in our country today, and and I encourage all of our our listeners and um to really try to try to ask ourselves what we can do to to make a positive. A positive contribution. If you're asking, I mean, if it won't cost you a nickel, and that's you know, we're looking for mentors every day. That we we've got kids that that need you know educational mentors, or just you know, um, just personal mentors about you know life and and how things should be and could be and you know how what, what's your goals and aspirations. And so, I would tell everybody out you know, within your reading or listening audience, hey, you know. Go down to the Bridges Center, you know, volunteer to be a mentor, you know, for a high school kid or middle school kid who who, who needs help either, you know, with math or, or English or, or social studies, but also just needs somebody that they can talk to about what's going on in their life and how, how they can make a positive influence on them. That's a great point. And that leads into something that we talked about off the air, but I'd like to mention, I think it fits in what we're talking about is certainly one person who's doing that is our Apopka High football coach, Coach Rick Darlington, in his efforts. Now, he's you know, well-known, and Apopka football is well-known right now for their success on the field. But really, I think many people, other than some of us right here in Apopka, don't really realize the, the contribution that he's making off the field in his leadership and the way he structured his program with discipline and accountability and uh, you know, positive feedback to the young men uh, and direction uh, to the young men. And I'd like to have you share share that that part that oh, story with us, please. Yeah, I tell you, we had uh, we had a, a cleanup every quarter. We try to do a cleanup in a in a different location, and so we had a cleanup uh, schedule for South Apopka. So I called uh, Coach Darlington and said, "Hey, listen, got some football players who'd like to help. Uh, we'd sure like to have them down." And um, so he said, "Sure." Calls me back says, "I got ninety football players <laughs> ready to come down and help you." I was like, "Wow, ninety! So now." Wow. It's, yeah, it kind of overload the system, but I said, you know, it's great. <laughs> so anyway, so it was neat. We had two houses, uh, one one house that was owned or, or by a disabled lady, a couple of kids, and and another gentleman, a senior citizen. And, and uh, so I, I had uh, James Delgado, the offensive line coach, and his offensive line of like 30 guys. We were out there and spent all day painting this house, cleaning up the shrubbery around it, Really make a difference, and it's just so impressive to see these kids. Some from from you know rough parts of the town, and and that didn't have a lot of you know parental guidance along the way. But never did I hear anything but yes sir, no sir. Can I help you, sir? What what can I do to make it better? And and just so impressed by their 
their demeanor, their their positive attitude, and and how they treated adults. I tell you, if we had if every kid went through the the Rick Darlington boot camp, we'd all be better off. That that is a great point, and that's what I really it's great to have you share that with us. Certainly, you know his overall mission. Uh, more so than winning games and winning on the field is is to turn out uh, players from his program when they graduate from school and go into life that that are going to be productive citizens and that's where he re- really really excels and thank you for sharing that that real world example of it yeah yeah we had a, we had a great time and I mean the kids were excited about you know doing it and helping out and so then you, you know when you when you see who you're helping it, it even you know brought a bigger smile on their face and so yeah it's um. You know, and and the other uh, sixty football players are you know making a difference. We we're picking up tires and trash, and and really down, uh, really making a difference in the community. And it's so it's I think the community sees it, and not only does it you know we do we make an immediate impact on the community as far as cleaning up, but it's longer term. Is people see that their streets clean today, they want to keep it clean tomorrow, and so we're able to uh, to to make that. Um, that connection with with the, the community and with the football players, absolutely. Gestures like that are, are elements of what to make a, a better community and, and a better country and a better world. Absolutely, and it's great to have you to, to be our eyes and ears and let us know what some of the great things are happening in our Popka community. To do that, I'll, before we move on to, I do want to mention our friend Bill Cook. You know, we were talking about Debbie Turner. You know, and how she started in her car, literally, and uh, just you know taking products around to help people who's who had cancer in their families. And, you know, during that process, she met Bill Cook and his wife, Robin, and um, they, they were the ones that stepped up and really helped her get that, that donated that first building to really, which was a real step, step forward for, for Debbie and her efforts. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they're great. Matter of fact, they're our next door neighbors. So <laughs> great, great uh, friends and, and uh, great neighbors. And we're, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just those little steps that make a difference. And so you're happy to be a part of that. And, and uh, we, we wish her all the success in the world. Friends, we're going to go to our next break in a moment. Before we do, I want to remind you that our program is sponsored by our friends over at Sheila Auto Repair, and especially let you know that if you're looking for a place that will care for your car, truck, or SUV, van, or other vehicle with old-school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I urge you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheila Auto Repair. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheila Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheila Auto Repair. In fact, that's where I take my car. They're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. And tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Also want to let you know, of course, that Sheila Auto Repair is the home of the reigning two-time Boys State Bowling Champion, Petey Virgos. And if if you want to see some of the memorabilia, he has a veritable museum over at Sheila Auto Repair. But get over and see the guys at Sheila Auto Repair if you need any help with your car, and they'll take great care of you. Well, friends, we're going to go to our next break. You're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, and when you come back, we'll tell you a little bit about network sound and video on the program. You stay with us, and we'll be right back. you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Central Florida's connection to news, views, and interviews. Important to you. And this is my thing. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Great to join you today. Thank you for the opportunity to join you. 
Of course, on our program, we talk about the events happening in our community, our state, and our nation. We talk about those from a perspective that honors America's founding traditions of God, family, and country. Please be joined on today's program by Commissioner Brian Nelson of Apopka. He represents a district that covers the greater Apopka area, which is really a fast-growing and rapidly a very interesting area in greater northwest Orange County area. And we're talking about things happening in the area, uh, both at the government level and at the community level. Before we go back to Brian, I want to let you know about a great place that will help you restore your film, your VHS tapes, uh, 8-millimeter film, camcorder tapes, things that have all these precious memories that we have, we've developed and accumulated over our lifetime that now uh, are outdated. In fact, some of them may even be in disrepair and difficult um, condition. Well, please let you know that Mr. Vito Fera, who's been on our show before, of course, and the people over at Network Sound and Video can help you restore all of that. Network Sound and Video restores film, VHS, and all camcorder tapes to DVD and digital, so you can get everything you've got updated in a form that you can enjoy right now. And as I said before, they also can help restore um, a lot of um, film and uh, VHS tapes and things like that that have been damaged. They also can restore record albums, reels, and cassettes to CD and digital. And they also scan photos and slides and create DVD videos for every occasion. That's Network Sound and Video, Inc. They've been in Central Florida for over 30 years. In fact, they're very conveniently located at 2520 North Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood. That's Network Sound and Video. You can find out more at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. That's NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. And uh, Vito Fira will be joining us next week on our program to learn more. Let's go back to Commissioner Brian Nelson. Um, now, Brian, you're going to... Talk about the, the, the Habitat for Humanity uh, project in our community. Oh, yeah, it's really neat. Uh, we had the, um, there was an old apartment complex that was in South Apopka um, that uh, was dilapidated and ended up needing to be torn down. And uh, so we were down on 13th, right off 13th Street in Apopka. And uh, so anyway, we got it torn down and then we're trying to figure out what to do with it. And so we got a really cool collaborative effort between Homes and Partnership, um, the Orlando Habitat for Humanity, and the Apopka Seminole County Habitat, along with um, Orange County, to put in a 56-unit habitat uh, community. And so these homes will be, you know, affordable for low and um, low-income folks in, well, it won't have to be in the Apopka area, but to meet a certain set of criteria. But we are so excited to turn what was a, a real eyesore and a real, you know, problem into a community of 56 homes that if folks will be able to get into them, you know, three bedroom, two bath for four or $500 a month. So, you know, cheaper than they would pay for rent. But the whole habitat, you know, model, which is, you know, they require you to put sweat equity in. They require you to take some financial counseling is such a great model. And uh, we look forward to getting as many families from the Apopka area uh, involved in this project because, you know, that sense of community, if you've already got, you know, a brother or sister, aunt, uncle, mom, dad, you know, grandmother, 
already living in that area, I think it brings that sense of community. If we can bring you back and get you into a house at you know at a at a premium or a, a uh, that uh, that you can afford mortgage payments you can afford. Absolutely, it's a great organization and another one of the many great organizations doing doing good work right here in our community. And not often we hear about it. And we're always happy to share these these great stories. Now, um, community wise, uh, I know that you're, you know, and your family has a long legacy. Your dad and your mom, especially, uh, working with supporting numerous organizations in the community. Of course, the Popka Rotary um, is the first one that stands out, but but many others as well. Um, or some things you can share us about good work that some of our community organizations are doing. Well, I'll tell you another one we got coming up. I, I'm real excited about. We have on August 6th, we have a uh, a backpack drive in a pop. It's going to be at the Bridges Center, uh, looking to to uh, hopefully be able to give out 800 backpacks from everything from a pre-K all the way up to high school. So we're looking for help there. But let me tell you what's going to really be cool about this. We've gotten some really great responses. We've got. Um, uh, folks are going to be cooking lunch for us for the, the folks that come out. We've got uh, a barber going to bring three of his own barbers down, going to do be free haircuts for the kids. We've got another company that's going to be doing, um, giving us free haircut vouchers. We're even going to be doing some, some health screening, which I tell you, it's, it's really, really important. We're going to be doing vision screening for the kids. We're going to be doing blood pressure checks and diabetes checks. We, we had a health fair back in the spring at the Bridges Center and found um, we did about 100 and I think 120 screenings. And out of that, we found that we had 24 folks that came back either uh, diabetic or pre-diabetic. And what's what, which I didn't know uh, it kind of uh, shocked to me is that uh, African-Americans and Hispanics are much more likely to have high blood pressure and, and die and be diabetic. So it's the, the minority community, it's a, it's a great, um, kind of a silent hidden killer that we need to really try to address as early as we can. So we're hoping to get a lot of people out. Uh, we're hoping to give out 800 backpacks uh, for the kids that are in need. And we've got a real good system so that we're not double dipping, that, that you're only going to get one backpack per kid and not be able to, you know, come back and get a second one. And and uh, so we're really trying to be real careful with, with people who want to donate to it. And we've got a company, um, Backpack Gear, that that's that's – that we're buying our backpacks from, and for twelve dollars, we can have a fully equipped backpack. So it's the backpack and the pencils, paper, um, you know, rulers, based on their age. So we'll know that you know a kindergartner gets this bag because it's got different you know items in it than would be a high schooler and and a middle schooler. So very well run, very efficient uh, operation, and does a lot of good for the uh, the community uh, in Apopka. That's great. Speaking with Commissioner Brian Nelson, Orange County Commissioner Brian Nelson, on our program today, and Brian, now I got to, um, and I don't want to leave the community if, if there's, there's there's more to talk about, but I just had another another question for you. Sure. Um, you know, you served for I believe eight years in the legislature as a state representative, and now you're serving on the county commission, uh, two completely uh, different roles. Can you talk about some of the you know, differences in, in those two roles? Yeah, it's a, it's a. Huge differences, I guess. You know, two two big ones, which a, a lot of people probably don't realize, is sunshine laws are very different in uh, the legislature versus county commission. At the legislature, you could you could you know um, work with your fellow legislators on legislation as long as you didn't have you know the whole body together 
uh, working on it. So I would bring in people, you know, uh, as chairman of insurance and banking, I'd bring in folks and we'd talk about a, a bill or bills and how we could make them better. The nice thing about the legislature was by, by being able to interact, you know, with, without being in, in front of a camera, you were able to make some some tweaks, changes, find out, you know, different perspectives or ask questions. It might be a stupid question that you didn't want to ask in front of a camera. Now, at the county commission, it's pretty much uh, any interaction with uh, another commissioner about any pending um, uh, ordinances or zoning is strictly prohibited. So um, you don't have that ability to, to reason through, work through an issue, maybe with another county commissioner that maybe you could work out. You have to do it all in you know in in front of a camera and in front of the, the public. I mean, I understand that you know the the need for that. In that, that county commissioner, you only got six of us, so you know a couple of votes could influence it. Where at the you know at the state level, you know I, I had a hundred and there's 120 members. So even if I talked with you know 20, I still haven't gotten to the point where I can I can influence a vote. So um, very different in in that perspective, the Sunshine Law. But on on the other hand, I guess the the bigger things is, you know, the issues you face at the state were obviously statewide and had bigger impacts, but you only did it, you know, 60 to 90 days, 90 days a year is when you were up working on legislation. Down here, you know, there's always a street sign that needs to be fixed or there needs to be a pothole, you know, um, or repaved. You've got uh, issues that come up, you know, code enforcement issues, uh, uh, animal service, animal control issues that come up every day, every week. So it's it's a much more... Um, uh, intensive as far as every day you've got something that you know that you've solved and something that you've that's now popped up on your radar that you need to try to to, to handle no those that that's a great point great insights thank you for sharing with us and not, no just know from my own you know involvement supporting people the um yeah i i, I gotta suspect and you know from firsthand but i think the county commission job probably is a little bit tougher job if um and maybe I, the reason I, I have that perception is just that you're you're right next door. Your friends and neighbors, you know, you're are the people that you're making uh, decisions about. Like you said, uh, garbage collection, where a school is going to go, where a road's going to be uh, widened or whatever. And you see those people every single day. Whereas you can kind of go up to the to Tallahassee and the legislature, and you, you don't have to face the the people that you're that you're that might disagree with with what you're voting on. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Friends, we're going to go to break in, in just a moment. Before we do, I want to remind you that about the car show at Porky's, which takes place every Tuesday of the month. Of course, as you already know, Porky's has the best bike night in Central Florida, and that's every Thursday. In fact, it's huge, one of the great events in Central Florida at Porky's and original barbecue in Apopka, 256 East Main Street. But now uh, they Porky's has started the car show at Porky's, and that's the second Tuesday of the month. Great um chance to bring your vintage classic muscle car up to Porky's or any other vehicle that you want to showcase. And also I have great camaraderie uh, with others who have share your passion for cars. That's the second Tuesday of the month, every month at Porky's Original Barbecue in Apopka, located right in the heart of downtown Apopka at 256 East Main Street, which of course is also Highway 441. Showtime is from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. every second Tuesday a month. Porky's original barbecue. And while we're talking about Porky's, I'm going to head 
remind you and let you know, of course, that every Wednesday, Porky's is the home of the Hump Day Special, which is Porky's famous jumbo pulled pork sandwich, two sides and a drink for just six seventy five. Just six seventy five, the best value anywhere in our area. Every Wednesday at Porky's, it's the Hump Day Special, but it's not on the menu. You have to ask for it. So, get over to next Hump Day. Get over to Porky's and ask them about their Hump Day Special. It's a great value on a great sandwich at Porky's Original Barbecue. Tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you, of course. Also, want to remind you, next week we'll be joined, among other guests, by Mr. Vito Fira of Network Sound and Video. And in the meantime, you can find out more at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. Friends, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back on The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Great to be with you once again. I always enjoy this time we have to get together for a few minutes every week and talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. Also, to feel real blessed to be a forum to talk about those issues from a perspective that honors and is grounded in our founding traditions in America of God, family, and country, respect for our Constitution, and, of course, the values expressed so eloquently by Thomas Jefferson in the Declaration of Independence. You know, I think as we embark upon, as we are confronted by these very turbulent, difficult times, which seem to have just completely accelerated here in the past few months, even, even in our own community, Central Florida. One of the solutions, if you will, or one of the ways to confront and deal with these these issues, violent issues, attacks from terrorists, um, violence in our among our own people, um, the whole issue now that's escalated and at the forefront after the assassination of the five police officers in Dallas and then of course the 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 discord and um, just the angst if you will large segments of our um, african-american communities around the country who who feel they are disrespected uh, feel disrespected by the by the police or you know just feel that they are being targeted by the police and just the whole implications of these kinds of things is at the forefront and it's something we need to address and deal with but my point I'm making is that I think one of the first places to start there is to take a look back and ask ourselves what are the foundations of our country what are the what what is our society in our country America United States of America all about and <clears throat> excuse me we find those answers in the Declaration of Independence we find those answers in our Constitution and I think that's a great place to start when we begin to try to sort out and to solve these problems that we're dealing with and conflict and disharmony, even violence, part of it, and begin to take positive directions. And more specifically, what do I mean? Well, first of all, the foundational concept, as Jefferson once again stated so eloquently, that we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights, 
that every citizen, every man, every woman, every person is a free, independent being, has certain rights that come that literally are endowed by God, God-given rights. These are inherent. And the whole, so going forward, the whole role of government, the whole responsibility and role of government is, is to protect those rights, not to dictate to the people, but to operate only within the consent of the governed and to preserve and protect our rights. So that's, uh, and, and, but all, but, but forever remembering that the whole starting point is that, yes, there is a God at, yes, he is our creator and yes, we need to acknowledge and respect him. And one of the ways to do that is to um, obey his laws and to function as, as morally upright people do the right thing. Um, Strive to do the right thing every day. Um, it's a great place to start. We love our neighbor, <laughs> care about others, not just think about ourselves, do things from other people's point of view. It's all right there stated eloquently in the Declaration of Independence and many other places too, but the first place to start to try to improve um, and deal with these very difficult times that we have now, violent times, people being killed, um, is to first of all acknowledge that we are, that, that, that God does exist and that he literally created our country, created everything, and it's only been with, with his blessing, his blessing that our country was created, um, and we need to get back to God, for, for lack of a better term. Um, and I think I think about when Reagan said so eloquently, is that the day that America ceases to be one nation under God will be the day that, that America will be one nation gone under. And sadly and frankly, I mean, I'm beginning to wonder if we're going to go under, <laughs> literally, um, because one out uh, consistent now attacks from from the outside world, from let's just face it, from the Muslim radical Muslim uh, terrorists that want to destroy um, our country because they have a diametrically diametrically opposed worldview, uh, and part of that's based on religion. Big part of it's right. Well, I guess most of it's based on on religion. We, need, we can't stick our heads set in the sand and not acknowledge that like Obama does. <laughs> we, have to, we have to acknowledge it and confront it and deal with it. Um, but the, we also just need to get back to a more solid moral foundation to acknowledgement of God and, and certainly trying to, to please him and to, to do what um, you know, he, he expects and demands. And we've gotten uh, sadly way away from that. You know, um, obviously, over the past 40 to 50 years, uh, the cultural left through the court system, Supreme Court, other institutions, universities have largely, if not totally, pushed God out of the public square, which is the exact opposite of the intent of the founding fathers, of our founders. We've got a whole generation of people now who think that the Constitution and the First Amendment, if they even know that much about the Constitution, there is a First Amendment, and I suspect most of them don't. But a whole generation of people now, indoctrinated in public schools, indoctrinated in colleges, that think the Constitution dictates that religion and God be extricated from the public square. When exact, when actually, the Constitution is written, and is intended, was the whole point was so that we would be able to have the free expression of religion um, everywhere, especially in the public square in our community. So that's one one situation that has gotten 
totally horribly off track. And personally, I can't help but think that a lot of the problems we're having now, violent attacks, people being killed, discord within our own people, are a direct result of getting away from God. Direct result of God being pushed out of the public square um, by the cultural left. So that's what I mean. What do we do to try to try to deal with a situation where so many uh, of our African American citizens feel that they're not treated fairly by police, that are even targeted by police, that we have this antipathy uh, towards police from uh, many people in, in in our community, and then also, what do we do about the um, what do the police do and what do others do to deal with the fact that you've also got a certain element, like I guess this is this kind of part of human nature, but a certain element that instead of trying to work together to, to solve this problem, to bring people together, to get a positive dialogue going, come up with some ideas and some solutions to try to solve these problems and and, and we're, have a better country and a better better community and better society, you've got people that are out there inflaming people out there and I would say certain, certain, certainly certain elements of the Black Lives Matter group. Now I need to find out more about Black Lives Matter so that um, I want to be very careful about what I say. But, I, but certainly there are certain elements of the Black Lives Matter group that I feel are not trying to make the problem better. They're trying to make it worse for whatever reason, trying to incite, trying to, to divide, trying to radicalize and anger people. Um, so anyway, that's something we have to deal with as well, and that's something that needs to be confronted and dealt with as well. And then a, another core problem that we've got is, and I don't even know how to begin to, to deal with this problem, is the cultural left has taken over the quote-unquote mainstream media in this country. They've taken over the – actually, it goes way beyond that. Now they've taken over the entire popular culture. What I mean by popular culture, I mean movies – Books, um, even television commercials, uh, you know, internet videos, just virtually everything, uh, magazines, just uh, daily newspapers, even even though they're a, a dying media, um, opinion leaders, certainly the Hollywood whole Hollywood community is people that are that really shape public opinion. Who, whoever's cool, you know, uh, entertainers for the most part. Fortunately. Country music is is a, is a real bastion of a traditional American values. So at least we've still got country music, but but pretty much every other mass media that I'm aware of, other than talk radio and Fox News on television, is is not just left. It, it's increasingly left. It's it's hard left. It, it's it's cultural left. And these these media, you know, this media and culture are influencing people dramatically, especially young people. And they're influencing people in a way that uh, they clean, uh, uh, they grasp, and they adopt and support values and ideas that are an- antithetical to our founding traditions of God, family, and country. Uh, the, main, uh, the mainstream media the, uh, pretty much is, is anti-God, essentially. At, at the very least, you know, they want to push, it, push God out of the public square and and uh, I would say more, even more accurately, many of them don't believe in God. They're either atheists or agnostics. They think uh, uh, Christian people, especially or religious people in general, are some kind of freaks and fanatics and 
irrational people. And anyway, the point is that has an impact that influences our country, especially younger people. So when you have a whole generation of people like the millennials that grow up thinking that God is this terrible thing, that Jesus Christ, that Christians are these, these terrible, awful people. In fact, they're so bad, we can't even talk about them at, at school. <laughs> they're so bad, we can't even sing a, re- a religious Christmas song at school. So obviously they're bad because we'd be able to do stuff like that. So you know, I know may, most of the people listening to that show think that what I just said is absurd, and they, they probably don't even get my point because it, our, the, our lives were so radically different. But I'm telling you, Anybody that's gone through pub- the millennials, anybody that's gone through public school, college, certainly been heavily influenced by the mainstream media. And that's television shows, sitcoms, movies, uh, magazines, the things that young people are influenced by, that we were influenced by, frankly, except when we were coming up, we had Andy Griffith show and Bonanza and we had positive things that reinforced uh, John Wayne movies. Uh, reinforced and reinforced our traditional American values of God, family, and country. Um, that reinforced and even had an edu- taught that America was an exceptional country because we were the first and only country to be built on the concept of God, that individuals have God-given rights, and individuals, because they are children of God and because they are endowed by their Creator, have freedom, have liberty, and they should have that opportunity and. Uh, if they don't have it, well, then they they need to do whatever they can to overthrow government to get it. Okay, that's the way we were we were brought up. Well, we got a whole generation that was brought up exactly the opposite. God's a bad thing, you know. Anything goes. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, there's no accountability, um, and, and and you know that kind of philosophy that, that which all comes from God being continually pushed and consistently pushed out of public square for the last forty to fifty years, along with other reasons, many of them, um, lead us to where we are right now. Anyway, unfortunately, that's about how much time we've got uh, for today. I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank Brian Nelson for joining us, Alan for producing. We'll pick this up next week on the Roger Franklin Williams Show.